Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. There are basically three things that I want to speak into your life today. Three things that I'd like you to get a hold of out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Paul tells us to do three things. Everybody say three things. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. And then he sums it up by saying, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I have people through the years who constantly are asking me, Brother Scotty, pray that I'll be able to find the will of God. How many of you want to know the will of God? Wave at me. Come on. I want to know the will of God. We need to know the will of God. Well, there are some instructions. This is really the instructions for finding the will of God in your life. And Paul has given them here. He says, number one, he says, rejoice always. Somebody say rejoice always. The Bible says in Psalm 144, verse 15, listen to this. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. How many happy people in the house today? Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. The most bankrupt person in the world is one who has lost their joy. You can have all the money in the world but lose your joy and not be happy. Every great movement in the history of the world has incorporated enthusiasm because God's joy and laughter are contagious and they are life-changing. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. I heard a story about this elderly gentleman. He went to the doctor. He wasn't feeling good. He wasn't doing good. And uh, he just went to see the doctor is hearing. He wasn't hearing like he used to hear. And so he went to the doctor and to get a checkup. And, and so the doctor checked him out and went through a bunch of things and, you know, told him what he, he thought and, and sent him on his way. Well, he wasn't looking good. But about a month or two later, that doctor ran into him out in public. And, man, the doctor, doc, when the doctor saw him, he said, my goodness, you look good. And now he ran into him and he was not only looking good, but... He had a young woman on his arm, half his age. And he said, the doctor said, my goodness, what in the world uh, happened? You just looked like you're doing great and, and everything. And the man looked at him and said, well, doctor, listen, I just, I just left your office and I did exactly what you told me to do. The doctor said, what did I tell you to do? He said, you told me to be cheerful and get a hot mama. And the doctor looked at him and said, I did not say to you, be cheerful and get a hot mama. I said, be careful, you've got a heart murmur. I want somebody to say, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. And I'll tell you what I've discovered. It'll keep you young. I've got to tell you one more story about staying young. I've got to. I'm sorry. It's just on me today. I love getting together with our family. This old country boy, country man, really gotten older. And he had never been to the city. I mean, they lived in the sticks. And, and so they decided one day, and, and they'd gotten on up in years, and they decided they was going to take their family to the city. 
for, for celebration. Never been to the city. So they took their family and went in this big building and, and man, they were just looking around at all the skyscrapers and all of the, these, these things and they never seen anything like it. Walked into this building, this office building and, and, and uh, were standing in the lobby there and all of them kind of wandering around and looking and my mother and father and kids and uh, saw a, a, a door open and an older lady got in. And then the door closed behind her. They all looked at each other and they said, we don't know. Never seen anything like it. So the mo- mama and some of them wandered off to another place. Well, in a minute, the father and son were standing there in front of that door that opened that the older lady got in. It opened back up and a beautiful young lady walked out. <laughs> the father and the son were standing there and the son looked up at the dad and said, Dad, what in the world was that? The father looked at his son and said, I don't know, but go get your mama. <laughs> Glory to God. Some of you, if you're having trouble laughing today, you're the one that needs to hear this. Rejoice always. I said rejoice always. Hallelujah. We have something to be happy about. You know, believers ought to be the happiest people in all the world. We ought to be able to laugh and rejoice and have a good time. And we can wake up tomorrow morning and not feel bad about it. Somebody say amen. Rejoice always. Our first choice should be to rejoice. Listen, knowing that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. That's what Romans 8.28 says. You don't have to live your life in constant turmoil. You don't have to always be upset, always be frustrated, always having some kind of a challenge that's keeping you from being happy, where you don't sleep at night, where you're too worried, uh, where, where you don't like the people you work with and you get aggravated over everything. When you have to sit in traffic or something or something doesn't go your way, you get all bent out of shape and you lose your cool. Listen, here's, I've got a declaration for you and you ought to write this down. Don't give away your joy. And it is not something that somebody can take from you. It has to be given away. I sat, it took me yesterday afternoon from the office over here to get home, which is only five miles from here. It took me 45 minutes. And so I'd just been fi- putting the finishing touches on everything I, I was going to share today. And I'm sitting there and I'm about to give my joy away. And then I just remembered, hey, I'm teaching tomorrow on don't give away your joy. So I thought, you can't have my joy. This traffic can't have my joy. Sitting through 10 stoplights, I counted it. Well, it changed 10 times. It's not going to take my joy. Somebody say amen. I'm not going to. I want you to make a declaration with me. Everybody say, I will not give away my joy. Glory to God. The person who's always finding fault is seldom going to find anything else. If fault is all you're looking for, that's all you're going to find. 
The more you complain, the less you'll obtain. A life of complaining is the ultimate rut. In fact, the only difference between a rut and a grave is their timing. When God gets ready to bless you, He doesn't send complainers into your life. He sends people full of faith, full of power, and full of love. In fact, last week we talked about Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, where God wanted to bless the lame man. And you know who he sent into this man's life to bless him? He sent two men, two men, Peter and John, who were full of faith, who were full of fire, who were full of the life of God. And they entered this man's life and they said, you know what? We don't have a lot of money with us right now, but I tell you what we do have, we're going to give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he jumped up to his feet and began to do exactly what we did in the house this morning. So I'm letting you know that. That's biblical. He began to walk and he began to leap and he began to praise God. Don't let anybody steal your joy. Don't ever give your joy away. He began to declare the goodness of God. Why? Because we are told to rejoice always. Everybody say with me, I will will. rejoice always. Don't let heaven become a complaint counter. Ooh. Amen. Don't be a perpetual complainer. You know what you've heard? Oh, the wheel that squeaks what? The wheel that squeaks the loudest usually gets replaced. That's right. Amen. Somebody say, oh me or amen. I will not be a constant chronic griper and a complainer. I'm going to rejoice always. You know, Paul, man, he wrote most of the New Testament. And Matt, he did most of it from a prison cell. But in a prison cell, he wrote, listen to what he wrote. He said, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. But he didn't stop there. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said, if you didn't get it the first time, I'm going to tell it to you twice. Well, Brother Scotty, you mean to tell me he was rejoicing because he was in prison? No, he said rejoice in the Lord. I don't care where you are, you can rejoice in the Lord. I don't care what you're walking through, you can rejoice in the Lord. You got something to be joyful about because you're in him. He was in the middle of a prison, and let me tell you, it was no picnic. Raw sewage flowing through the prison. Terrible conditions, but yet he could write. Listen, I'm telling you, my friends, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Don't ever expect a big crowd to come to your parties when the only parties you throw are pity parties. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Scotty, I just don't understand it. I don't have any friends and nobody, nobody wants to hang out with me. Well, check and see, are you rejoicing always? People are not going to come to pity parties all the time. People want to be around those who are going to lift them up. Paul said, I have learned how to be content no matter what my circumstances are. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. He said, I have learned how to be content. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. Paul had to learn how to be content just as he had to learn how to stay full of joy. You know what Luke 19 says? If you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Well, I'm going to tell you, at Life Church, 
We are making a de- declaration openly and publicly. No rocks are going to take our place. We're going to praise Him. We're going to rejoice. We're going to be joyful. Glory to God. So I want everybody to say with me this morning, rejoice evermore. Then the second thing he says is pray without ceasing. Mark eleven twenty four says this, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Let me read it to you out of the, of the living. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Now, when it says pray without ceasing, let me just insert this. Pray some God-sized prayers. Amen. How about praying some big prayers? Amen. Oh, am I in the right house? I said, how about praying some God-sized prayers? Pray some prayers that it's going to take God to do it. My goodness, God-sized prayers. Have the boldness, listen, to ask God for big things. When it comes to asking for big things now, I want to tell you, I want to share with you from my heart for just a moment. How many of you were here last Sunday? Wave at me. Did Did you hear the story? Oh, I want to go back, you know, years ago. Uh, when we came over here, you know, Brother Dick got a word from God. You know, there wasn't much out here. And he said, Mo, God gave him a word said, Mobile's going to come this way. Well, you know, we, we've stood on faith in that. And then a few years ago, that, that sign that's there at Airport Boulevard. And by the way, I don't know if you've noticed it or not. If you have not seen our God is for you sign, it's at Airport and Schillinger for those of you that don't travel through that intersection. And it replaced a, a really a pornographic sign. And now it says God is for you. And those little stickers have gotten all over the place. I mean, people that don't go to church here are putting them on their cars. That thing is spreading into other, co- other, other countries and cities. Amen. Well, anyway, that sign is there, and it's a rotating sign. But it is amazing at how many times it gets stuck <laughs> on God is for you. In fact, I watched it. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I didn't check it today, it was stuck on God is for you. <laughs> So I got to sit there yesterday for 35 minutes and say, God is for me. I'm not giving my joy away. God is for me. But listen, I told you last week and I misspoke. I said, that's the busiest intersection in Mobile. It is not just the busiest intersection in Mobile. It is the busiest intersection in the state. What am I saying? I'm saying increase. Pray some God-sized prayers. How many of you remember a few years ago when it looked like we had totally, this city had totally lost out, Neil, on this, on the, you know, with the airplane thing. Politics got involved. And then, boy, you know, we started, you know, they were trying, they, they basically took it away from us. You know what? If you'll keep your attitude right. If you'll trust God, I tell you what you'll discover. God's bigger than a politician. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. And it looked like we were we were, you know, just totally out, cheated. Sorry, I just have to tell it like it is. Well, Stephen, youth pastor Stephen sent me a link uh, last night. And listen to this. 
Mobile is named, watch this, a hot city for 2015. Now, not hot temperature-wise. <laughs> it is that. Watch this. This is from, um, well, let me just read it to you. The port city has been named one of the top 15 hottest cities in America. Business Insider says it's because of the new jobs, growing industries, the arts and food scenes, and affordable real estate. The magazine says Mobile will become the southern trading hub of the United States. some God-sized prayers, but that's not all. This morning, so in the paper, I'm telling you, God's a big God. Pray some God-sized prayers. This morning, I saw in the paper where Airbus just signed a $14 billion contract with Delta to build airplanes. Glory to God. Pray God-sized prayers. God's a big God. And listen, we have been declaring at that intersection, right by that intersection, and look how it's prospering. I'm declaring to you that will be, if it's not already, the most prosperous intersection in this city. It's already the busiest intersection in the state. And every day, that sign is declared, God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. I'm here to tell you today, look at your neighbor right now and tell him, God is for you. God-sized prayers. Oh, my God, church, hear this. God-sized prayers can turn a whole culture. They can turn a whole city. So surely they can turn your life around. Amen. 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 Pray some God-sized prayers that it'll take God to answer. You know, sometimes people can come out here and we can have days like we have today. We're up there rejoicing and we're singing and we're dancing glory to God and we're getting it on and, and they're like, well, you know, I just... I just wish we'd just get a little bit more calm down and, and, and you know, let's, let's just, let's just, you know, just, I've heard, I've had people say, you know, brother, you need to stay in the middle of the road now. Stay in the middle of the road. The only thing in the middle of the road are yellow lines and dead armadillos. Glory to God. Coach, I'm not about to get calm. I'm not about to lose my passion. I'm not about to lose my joy. I'm going to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. If I don't get it the first time, I'll remind myself one more time. Rejoice, my bro. Oh, and I'm going to pray me some God-sized prayers. Christians on their knees can see more than the world on its tiptoes. Somebody say amen. Amen. The thing that kept the the children of the the Israelites from the promised land wasn't the giants. It was their attitudes. And here's the thing we need to ask ourselves. When we talk about praying God-sized prayers, what picture of Jesus do you have? What picture of God do you have? And here's the thing we have to guard against. We come out of church on Sunday, and we call God our Father, 
and then we pray like orphans the rest of the week. I want you to tell somebody by you right now, I'm not an orphan. God is my daddy. God is your daddy. You hear me? Glory to God. Bob, I'm going to pray me some bold prayers. I'm going to believe Mobile is going to prosper. I am, I am believing that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I am believing that increase is coming. I'm telling you, God keeps burning these words in my heart, and they will not let go. Increase, blessing, inheritance, expansion, shifting. I'm telling you, politicians can't stop it. Governments can't stop it. Oh, my God, I'm here to tell you, God is on the throne, and he's a big God. I want you to say with me, I will. I will. Pray God-sized prayers. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Most of you know the story of what we've walked through through the years. There were times when it looked like it was impossible that we were going to make it, that we could be here, that was ever going to come to pass. And I'm telling you, just to show you how good God is and how if you'll declare the Lord has said it, we're going to believe it, we're going to pray, we're going to trust God, we're going to pray God-sized prayers. About six months ago, I was at a bank here in town having to take care of some personal business, and the corporate guy was there, and he, he, knows, he knows who I am. He walked over to me, and he said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. And, and uh, he said, how's the church? I said, we're doing great. And he, he, I said, he said, what all are you doing? And so I told him some, some of the things that were going on in the parking and in the foyer and all, all that we were doing. And, and he looked at me and he said, man, we sure would like to loan y'all some money. <laughs> I wanted to fall out on the floor office and say, if, you, if, if somebody had told me 20 years ago, Eddie, a banker would walk up to me and said, man, we sure would like to loan y'all some money. Don't y'all want to do something where we can loan you some money? I would have thought, oh my Lord, they just let you out of the... I said, yeah, we're going to do that. And I said, then eventually we're going to get in the auditorium. He said, you let me know if you need us to loan you some money. <laughs> Pray some God-sized prayers. Because I'm here to tell you today, God can turn it around. Yeah. Oh, my God. God can make a way where there is no way. Almost, almost. <laughs> and if he hadn't thought I was crazy, I almost said, just a minute, I want to get my phone out here. I want you to say that again. I want to record it. <laughs> and then me and Brother Dick are going to get in our office and just laugh and fall out on the floor. <laughs> At the goodness of God. Yeah. Isn't that what the Word declares? Yeah. That the disciples, Peter, he was so overwhelmed with that catch of fish that he fell down. He fell down on his knees and said, my God, you're too good. I don't know what to do. Everybody say rejoice evermore. God-sized prayers. And then number three, glory to God. I might make it today. I might do what I said I was going to do. Number three, in everything, give thanks. You know, we think of Thanksgiving and that being the time of being thankful, but thankfulness is not just for one day. 
Amen. The will of God is not merely focused on whether we become a doctor or a teacher or a lawyer or a missionary or a minister. That is not just where the will of God is focused. Our business person. It is focused, listen to this, on what we do to position our heart in relationship to God at all times and in all circumstances. And here's what I've discovered, church. When you do that, you will find the will of God for your life. That will position you to go into a place where you will discover uh, the will of God. Now, the things we practice in life as a lifestyle equip us for the difficulties that we face. Listen to what Paul said. He said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed. Because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again, and we keep on going. When we practice thanksgiving as a lifestyle, watch this, we recognize that the gifts we have received from the Lord came with those purposes. Thanksgiving sets us on a course to know God in relationship and discover the reasons for which He made us. Look at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Most of you know this. I've preached it before. It says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God... They did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Listen to this, church. If you want to be cut off from God's voice, just stop being thankful. Now, let's turn that around to the positive side of it. Being thankful opens me up for God to speak to me. You, you cannot, if you operate in thanksgiving, Amen. God will speak to you. God will bring revelation to you. God will, God will guide you. God will lead you. God will take you to the place to where your will is being performed in His life. When we fail to sustain the response of thanksgiving for everything in our lives, our thinking is cut off from our purpose in God. Recognizing and knowing that He is our source. In fact, here's how I want to say it, and I'm going to close this out. Thanksgiving keeps us sane and alive. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. The next time you say, I feel like I'm going out of my mind, I can tell you what the cure is. Start giving thanks. Start praising God. Start glorifying God. Realizing it is God that is our answer. Even when you don't seem like it's enough, even what you have doesn't seem like it's enough. Look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6, if it's in your notes there. How many of you got a Bible with you today? Oh, I forgot to do this. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. I am am blessed. blessed. I am am empowered. I am am anointed. I am am gifted. I am am filled with the Word. I am am armed and dangerous. dangerous. I'm telling you all to say that to yourself. 
In the car, you ought to say that to yourself. When you're driving, you ought to say that to yourself. When you're dealing with difficulties, you ought to say that to yourself. Glory be to God. Well, the Word says in John chapter 6, and, and I believe that you know, most of you know this story. A great example of giving thanks when it didn't seem like it was enough. Jesus had crossed the Sea of Galilee. A great multitude followed him. His disciples, you know the story. They gathered around him, and it was time to eat. Everybody say, time to eat. Just like it's going to be in a few minutes for y'all. Amen. Some of you thinking about it already. I can feel it. You're thinking about today, and then you're thinking about all during the week. Smell that. You smell those yeast rolls cooking. (laughs) See, I told you. (laughs) Cornbread dressing. It was time to eat. And he, he looked at the disciples and said, feed, we got to feed these folks. And the disciples looked at him and said, listen, first of all, we don't have the money to do it. Secondly, if we, if we, if we did have the money, there's nowhere to buy it. But look what happened. One of them said, well, the only thing that's here is one little boy, one little lad. Verse 9, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. Amen. But what are they? But what are they? But what are they among so many? That is the attitude of being limited. That is considering what you have and looking at it and saying, well, what I have is not enough. Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, watch this, and when he had given thanks. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm thanking God, even though right now what I have doesn't seem like it's enough. I'm going to give God thanks. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to thank God, even though right now it doesn't seem like it's enough. Jesus said he gave thanks. It says he gave thanks. And you know the rest of the story. It was multiplied, and before it was over, they picked up, gathered up the fragments that remain, and there were 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Listen to this. Gratitude is the seed for increase. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll praise God when I hit the jackpot. I'll praise God when everything I've been believing for happens. Then I'll be thankful. When I see I've got more than enough, then I'll be thankful. Listen, give thanks even when it doesn't seem like it's enough. And watch what God can do as you give thanks. Gratitude is the seed for increase. Amen. Mm. Yes. Some of you, I know this, you're thinking, boy, when everything gets perfect, you know what? And this, this time of year is a time for family. And for some, I had somebody say one time, man, when my family gets together, the title of it ought to be malfunction at the junction. <laughs> oh, when everybody in my family acts right, then I'll be grateful. When everybody in my family does what they're supposed to do, then I'll give thanks. I'm going to tell you, I saw a, saw a video, gosh, it's been about a year ago, and it was about, it was uh, from an adoptive agency, and it was about a 14, I guess, 15-year-old boy in it, and uh, 
He was living in an orphanage. And you know, those of you that are familiar with this, there are people in here who know more about it than me. He had, uh, the older kids are harder to find a place for, to get them placed. But this 14-year-old boy, as they were interviewing him, he, he was talking about wanting a home and wanting a family and desiring a family. And the interviewer asked him, what kind of family do you want? This is hard. I'm still, it's hard for me to talk about because it touched my heart so bad. He looked at her and he said, I'll take anybody. I'll take anybody. I'll sleep on the floor. I'll do whatever. It doesn't matter. Rich or poor, black or white, it doesn't matter. I'll take anybody. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Your family may not be perfect, but you've got a lot to be grateful for. Amen. 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 Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Stop waiting for everything to work out. Stop waiting for everything to be perfect. Stop thinking everything's got to be just right in order to be grateful and begin to give God thanks for what you've got. Listen, let me tell you something. God's been good to us. God's been good to you. God's been good to me. We have every reason in the world to be grateful. 99% of the world would trade places with us and our problems. Amen. Amen. That's right, and at the end of the day, and I got to quit, it's all about giving God the glory. Giving God the glory. Close with this story. There was an elephant with a mouse on his back that crossed a bridge. And the mouse said, when they got to the other side, we sure shook that bridge. I'm saying, what am I saying? What's my point? Not even on your best day is it about you. It's about him. We're the mouse and our God is the elephant. And the shaking that's going on, my God, I'm about to have church and I'm, I got to quit. The next time the bridge shakes. The next time a banker looks at you and says, we sure would like to loan you some money. The next time you cross that intersection right here down the road and you look at the prosperity that God has brought to this part of the city, the next time something good happens in your life and you cross that bridge and you look back and that bridge is shaken, just realize you're the mass, God is the elephant, to God be the glory. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of No Bills podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.